Bible is a good thing. We're supposed to read the whole thing. Amen. I encourage you to um, begin bringing Bibles as we study Jonah. Because the only way we to really study is to understand the entire context. Trying to take one or two verses out of it and trying to explain, it's just a lip service. We really need to sometimes get into it, to the, right to the Word of God, to really understand what is really happening. Now, Jonah. We all go through storms, have we? don't we? Since we're childhood to today, storms seem to be around us all the time. And sometimes it's not because of our doings. Sometimes it's just because that's the way uh, the life is. Or at least it seems to be. But sometimes it's because we've done something to trigger or cause that to happen. Jonah is kind of reflection of that. Jonah is known as a man on the run. You know, today's people love to be known as I'm a man, a woman on the run. Sounds very important. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm being called to do this, I'm being asked, I'm in demand. That's not what he means in the case of Jonah. He was a man on the run of getting away from a direction that God gave him. But today's message really isn't about him getting away from God's command. It's about God being with him all the way. All the way being the fact that not from the time that he got in trouble, but from the beginning. Our comfort through this Jonah is that our God is with us all the way, thick and thin, even in our storms. That should give us some level of comfort. It is sometimes that we abandon God. The message today is our God will never abandon you. Our God will always be with you. Through the first chapter, the only thing that we need to understand is God desire us to, through the storm, through the challenges, through mishap or wrongdoing, wrong saying, all we need to do is acknowledge him, admit the wrongdoing, and be transparent to one another. That's what's in the context of chapter one. How, you ask, do we do small group? It's in chapter one of Jonah. You acknowledge God, you you spell each to, to one another, hey, I've done this. I'm in trouble. I'm the cause of it all, of it, family problems or community issues that you may have created. You acknowledge and you become transparent, just as Jonah had done. Now, we finished our series on parables. I forget we had this so many. 
And uh, there are many, many, but we select a few, and then we did it for several months. And we said to understand the parables, one must understand the essence, the heart of the author, the God himself. And the heart of author, the God himself, the essence of Bible is this. Now, whenever people ask, like, sort of like marginal believers who are not so sure about what the Bible is, and you're going to sound really know, like you know what you're talking about, and say, this Bible has two parts. The first part is Old Testament. And the second part is New Testament. That's all you got to say. And then you say, everything about the Old Testament points towards New Testament. That's what you need to say. Amen. That is the essence of the Bible, the heart of the author, God himself, when he wrote this. So a story of Old Testament points to the New Testament. And the story of the Old Testament is about the creation of heavens and earth and his love for his people and the prophecy of what is to come. That's what Old Testament is. Lots of stories in there. The story of the New Testament is simply about the prophecy being fulfilled. So what has been fulfilled is the act of grace. That our God so loved the world that he gave one and only son, Jesus, to, to bring us back to him. That's the grace. Now, just as the stories of the Old Testament points to grace, so are the series, all the stories in, in parables. And the story of Jonah that is in New Testament, I mean Old Testament, is no exception. The story of Jonah is a story of salvation. It's a story of grace of forgiveness, it is a story of God being with us all the time. Jonah, in particular, is a story being told from Old Testament that God is God of all people, not just the chosen ones that has been portrayed, focused in the Old Testament. You see, if you look at the characters, the godly men and women in Old Testament. The story of Abraham is about the story of how God is going to give a birth to a new nation. Great nation for the chosen ones. The story about the Hebrews. The story of Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. It's also about his people. The story of Moses is also about the story of a chosen people. Let my people go. The Hebrews. The story of David is about Hebrews. The story of a King Solomon is no different. It's about Hebrews, his chosen people. And for the first time, 
In Old Testament, God uses a prophet named Jonah to point out to us that his heart goes to all people. Not only to the chosen ones. Not only to the people of Israel, but to all people, all nations, all Gentiles. That's you and I. And also, probably, because of the way we were taught when we were little about, the, when you were little being a kid, going to Sunday school about the story of Jonah, I bet Jonah, the story of Jonah is most misunderstood. Well, at least that's the impression of it. When we think of Moses, we say confidently that he rescued his people out of bondage to the promised land. And we talk about David, we say he is the man after God's own heart. We kind of like elevate them. We uh, acknowledge their achievements, high achievements. The godly characters. And yet when we talk about Jonah, you go ask any kids running around after service today, who's Jonah? They're going to say, oh, that poor little guy who disobeyed God. Oh, that poor little guy who got swallowed up by big fish. Oh, that poor man who had his ways and got in trouble and got punished. That's Typical description of Jonah by most of us. Oh, no, on a light, light, light note. But if you look at the account of these people, yes, Moses was an amazing leader. He brought the Israelites to the promised land. On the other land, he was a murderer. He was no blameless kind of guy. Yes, David was man after God's own heart. On the other hand, he was really, really, really bad for today's standard. He had a crush on a woman. So David sends her husband to a battle, knowing that he is going to be get killed. And then David takes this woman. If we ever find out something like that happened, any of our leaders will kick them out. On the other hand, Jonah, tell me in the Bible where he did some really, really bad things. At least Jonah is a kind of clean guy. At least judging from today's civil law, he's clean. He did not kill anybody. By the way, Jonah means dove. Means, you know, in the Hebrews, the meaning has, the name of the meaning has something about that person's ultimate character. Dove, gentle, Holy Spirit. What was his sin? Perhaps it was his disobedience. God says to go that way, and he went this way. So he got swallowed up by a big fish. But if you look at his account, the only thing that he did to displease God 
was going the other direction. The opposite direction to where God told him to go. For today's standard, I mean today's maybe civil law or common law, this sort of disobedience is considered lesser evil than the killing or plotting to kill others. Well, but then again, who knows in those days? Killing was like way of life. You can see from the Bible. Maybe it wasn't a big deal to kill people in those days. But in those days, perhaps, disobedience is really, really big deal. Can you imagine in those days if you disobey your parents? Not like today. I wish in that way we can go back to previous years when our kids used to behave a little better. Listen to the parents. Can you imagine in those days you disobey the king? Oh, you will surely die. It's a big deal in those days. Talking about disobedience, I usually mention and say obedience is doing something you don't want to do. That's what obedience is. If you do something that you would like to do, it's not obedience, people. It's not. It's doing what you want to do. It's not obedience. The best way I can put this is if you're in an organization, you have a particular skill set, and you want to work with this, that particular skill set, they will recognize you for your skills. Yes, you may become a director of that skill department. You can director of engineering, architecture, account. Yes, it's possible. But you want to go higher level? Uh, you better believe it. All the board of directors are looking for people who are willing to obey, doing the things you don't want to do for the sake of good, common good, sake of the company. I have a people, for example. You have a company cars. They use company cars. People are allowed to work on the skill set and saying, I am this, I am that. They use car all the time. They never do the things they don't want to do, like changing the oil, filling up the gas, washing the cars. But if you look at some of the principles, they do that naturally. It's not their skill set. They don't want to do it, but for the company. Our car needs to be clean. On the way down, we stop by, clean the cars. That little act, things that you don't want to do, you do, is what the obedience is. Moses did everything in the Bible that he did not want to do. There's not one thing that he wanted to do, but he did because God commanded him to do. Jonathan, Jonah was sort of like, opposite. God says, do this. He says, nah, I'm going to go that way. Now, back to it's not just about a man who disobeyed God. Did you hear what I said? The story of Jonah is not just about a who disobeyed God. 
contrarily what you think it is. The story of Jonah is not just about a man who got swallowed up by a big fish. The story of Jonah is about a man who loved God so much. It is that he loved God always. And God in turn continued to love him. Just because Jonah disobeyed didn't mean that he did not love God. That is so much comfort to us. I know you all love God. Yeah, I know that you hear God saying going this way, but you go this way. But be comforted that God is with you. Yeah, you may go through some turbulence. You may face some storms. But God is going to bring you back. The story of Jonah is about a man who was used by God. The story of Jonah is about a man who have found favor in God's eyes. That is why God asked Jonah to go that way. If he wasn't found favor in his eyes, why would God try to use him to go that way? Jonah loved God and God Continue to find favor in him. God is willing to use him. The story of Jonah is about a man whom God did not leave him alone. God is not going to leave you guys alone. Be comforted in that. When you're facing that storm, no matter how difficult it may seem, He's not leaving you alone. He may not even be watching. He might even be right with you, next to you. He will be even closer to you. Because he cares. The story of Jonah is about a man, even God went after him. That doesn't mean it applies only to Jonah. It applies to all of us. God is after you. God is chasing you right now. Because he loves us. Right now, I know God is chasing you too. Whatever challenge, struggle that you may face. He's got this life-saving boat. He's got this life-saving tube. He's got this life-saving whale following you right now. All you need to is believe in that. To give us, to give all of us another chance. More chance. Well, my story is pretty much the same as Jonah. I loved him. I was born in pastor's family. I went to church all my life. I may not have had the same conviction that I have today, but I loved him. I served him. 
I have heard tugging in my heart go a certain way, but I went the other way. Not necessarily bad, but he came after me. He did swallow me up. I was in the belly of hospital for five months. The story of Jonah is about a man who had one hiccup, one disobedience to understand that, oh, God is still with me. He has not abandoned me. The story of Jonah is about a man who also submitted to the heart of God. And in fact, I believe Jonah is one of the greatest men in the Bible. So if you read with me the chapter 1, here and there, the importance of Jonah, what it means to all of us. Trying to recapture what I say as we just read some verses in the Bible in the chapter one. The first second says, Go to the great city Nineveh and preach against it. That means Jonah has already been found favor in God's eyes. Why would he do that? Go and preach. It's God's man. Because it's witness. Wickedness has come upon before me. God is aching. God is demonstrating, showing to us, I love the people in Nineveh just as much as the chosen ones, the people of Israel. My heart aches the same. I need you to go and rescue them, help them. And that's basically what he's saying. As some of you already know that I'm spending a lot of time going to Korea for the marketplace missionary. Personally, if I consider all the things that I am involved with, the church, the, the, the business, full ministry, uh, uh, seminary work, in government work, I really don't have the time. People around me tell me, don't do it. Why are you doing this? But I have received something of similar tugging. To go to Korea, where they are willing to embrace, to live in accordance with the Bible, to work in accordance with the Bible. There is a desire and to go and teach them and preach to them. Going over the six times a year last year and six times this year, this time I go a week and a half. Personally, I know I have a lot to gain, but personally, I don't have anything to gain. It's all for the kingdom of God. My families are worried with my health situations. You are worried. Some of you are saying you are spending too much time outside of church. That's why we're not growing. I hear that a lot of things. 
verse 3, Jonah on the run. He ran away. He went to uh, Tarshish instead of Nineveh. Nineveh is only 500 miles from basically where he was. To go to Tarshish, that's like five times more in distance. Instead, he went there instead. Tarshish would be today, it would be more like uh, Spain. Nineveh would be today, it would be Iraq. In verse 4 through 10, when you look at this, you see where Jonah is, his state of mind. In verse 4 or 5, Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into deep sleep. Who did that? God, Jesus did that in New Testament. But more importantly, he did that because he knew God was with him. He wasn't afraid. All the other people were afraid. He knew that he was running away from him. He knew that God was trying to bring him back. Otherwise, he would be scared to death. But he was not scared. He just went below deck and he lay down and fell into deep sleep. He knew nothing's going to happen. That's the kind of a conviction he had, even though he was running away. And then there was all people who were on the boat, the strangers, like questioning who's responsible for this. He knew all along it was his. They tried to cast lots to see who was culprit, and Jonah basically said, I'm the one. What is so interesting, amazing about this Bible verse, and you understand here, he says in verse 9, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. So verse 9 clearly demonstrates he still loves the Lord. He hasn't abandoned him. He just decided to go the other direction. Verse 10 is one that I was really touched. It says, this terrified the strangers in the boat. They asked, "Why? what have you done? And then his parenthesis. They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. Can you imagine this Jonah walking up to the boat? And uh, he pays, he gets in the boat, and tells the uh, staff member there, I just want to let you know I'm running away from God. And that's what he did. That's a transparency. And then the sea got tougher and rougher. And then they had to remove some stuff from the boat. 
And obviously, they threw away all the other cargoes. And still, uh, the boat was unstable. And he says, Jonah says, knowing all this, he says he's willing to sacrifice. Take me, throw me off the boat. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will come calm. It will be calm. I know that this is my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. But when you share, when you become transparent among each other, you know what happens? This is what happens with the people. They're the strangers, but they want to live. They knew they had to get rid of some weight from the boat. What do they do? Instead of throwing him, they want to save him. They want to protect him. So instead of throwing him, they try to push, roll back to the land as hard as they can. But the storm was too great, and they couldn't go to the land. So they had no choice but to do what? Throw him off the boat. But before throwing him off the boat, do you know what they did? They washed their hands. It says right here. As they were ready to throw Jonah off the boat, then they cried to the Lord. Oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing this innocent man. And then they throw him off the boat. It's like it reminds me of when Jesus was about to be crucified. Pontius Pilate says, I'm not going to be responsible for his death. He's innocent man. To show, to demonstrate that gesture, he had his soldiers bring basin with water and he washed his hands. Because he declared that Jesus at that time, from his eyes, was innocent man. In verse 17, its word is so powerful. It's truly the prophecy of what is to come. Verse 17 says, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. It's not about the fact that Jonah was swallowed up by big fish. What is more important is God provided. The whale was, was, is Jonah's lifesaver. The whale is like Christ himself. I'm going to be with you. Even though you've done something not necessarily wrong, I told you to go this, you, get this, you didn't listen, you disobeyed, I'm still with you. The moment that you got on the boat, I had my son preparing to die for you. The moment you got on the boat, I am sending you, I'm providing you with a life-saving whale. It's going to save you.
Let me finish verse 17. But the Lord provided great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish. How many days and nights? Three days and three nights. Ooh, yes. Did that ring a bell somewhere? Everything in Old Testament points what? Where? New Testament. Everything in Old Testament points what? The grace. If you read Bible with that essence, that heart in mind, you will not go wrong. The interpretation of Bible is not that easy. It's simple. It's to the grace. In summary, the chapter 1 of Jonah is really about God saying, I am with you. I am with you even though you might be running away. I will go to the ends of the earth to find you, God is saying to you, to us. He said, I will rescue you. I will provide you means to rescue you. Just acknowledge, take the responsibility, and willing to sacrifice. Because to die is to live. How is Jonah's story different from my stories and our stories? Well, as for me, just like Jonah, I love God. Just like Jonah, I got swollen up too. In the belly of the hospital, I know all of you have been swallowed up by something in your life. It could have been one day, one week, one month, sometimes one ten years. We all get swollen up. But if we acknowledge God during that period of time, we become transparent uh, each other. If you're willing to sacrifice like Jonah did, God will give you new insight, new life. For Jonah was there three days and three nights. Jesus was there for three days and three nights. And I was there for six months. That's not that important. During this time, Jonah realigned his life. I realigned my life during that six months. Three days wasn't good enough for me. During that time in the hospital, waiting for a heart transplant, I found new perspective, new purpose, a true reason for my existence. To know our God is to know that he is with us all the time, even in the storm. He is with us, not just when we obey, even when we disobey. He is with us, and that is because of the grace. 
is that because of that three days and three nights. It's because what happened in that three days and three nights, he's with us all the time. The importance of confessing transparency is revealed through Jonah, how our Christian life ought to be like. Jonah realizing that he messed up, going the other direction. He was conscious about it because he was conscious about God. So he confesses to his stranger when he walked up to the boat. In the New Testament, James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. In this case, the righteous man is not somebody holy, holy, holy. It's not the priest or, or, or pastors or ministers. No, no, no. Yes, of course, they're one of them. In this case, the prayer of the righteous man, the righteous man are those who confesses. All of us, as we confess of our troubles to each other, it will help us to be healed and also will become powerful and effective in walking in the Lord. In Proverbs 28, 13, he who conceals his sins does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. That's the way God is. Jonah confessed up front, even before travel began, even before storm occurred, as he was walking into that calm boat. He said, guys, I just want to let you know I messed up with my life. I'm disobeying God right now. I just want you to know. When you do that, you you can be healed. It can be powerful and effective in all that you do. So lesson for us. If you're going through tough times, this is the story of encouragement that better days are yet to come. If you feel guilty over something that you did that is really weighing down on you, just look at Jonah. God was with him from the beginning to the end. Also be comforted in knowing that God is going after you. God is chasing you. God is providing that lot, not the, the, the whale that is scary, but the whale that's life-saving. Our God is always on rescue mission. Jesus was on rescue mission. He's got that battleship. He's got the great fish at his command for you.
let me re-emphasize the importance of the phrase, three days and three nights. The Old Testament points everything to New Testament. The story of Old Testament, the story of Jonah, is the prophecy of what is to come. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40 through 41 sums it all. For as John, this is New Testament, guys, in the case you don't know. Remember everything Old Testament points towards the New Testament. Here's the New Testament. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a big fish, so the Son of Man, Jesus, will be there three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will stand at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now, one greater than Jonah is here. Who is that one greater than Jonah? Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said the exact same thing. One who is greater than I, is here, referring to our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the story of Jonah. His life was a prophecy of what is to come, the coming of Jesus. His life is about salvation, three days and three nights. Remember this. His life also portrays that Bible verse in the New Old Testament again and again that we have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own ways and yet our Lord has laid on Jesus the sin of us all. God is always with us. He may even be with you more in the storms of your life. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you.